Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're in the world. My name is Josh, and that is Lloyd Brunson, my guest for tonight. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We're live with you Monday through Thursday. Uh, man, I'm in different time zones. 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, and I... Uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Man, new time zone, so it's kind of going to get you flustered. But we're live with you Monday through Thursday, and tonight, I'm telling you, we got a great guest, Lloyd Brunson. This is going to be a great conversation about the Constitution, about the Supreme Court, about this case that is being presented. We talked about this uh, back in, I believe, in September when it was still on the Supreme Court's docket. And so... Uh, we were at the time, it was still waiting to see what happened and where it was going. And now we have a lot more news. And I'm just going to, I mean, Lloyd's right here. So, Lloyd, how are we doing tonight? We're doing great, thanks. Thanks for the invitation. So well, I really appreciate it. Yeah, and I appreciate you. you coming on. You're you're the man of the hour right now. Uh, <laughs> we've been following this since I found out about it in September. And, you know, everybody is kind of incredibly excited about it. Now, going through this, there's two cases and kind of explain kind of maybe how you got into these two cases and how all these sure. two cases came about. Sure. They're actually three cases all related to each other. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, the two cases and the ones in federal court, I'm the plaintiff. That was the original case. Uh, there are three of us, three brothers, actually four brothers, who's very super supportive and, and runs a broadcasting studio that we, that we have access to too. So, Anyway, so uh, it all started with my my third brother, who's actually got a little upset with what happened to the subprime mortgage bundling, mm. and he was hurt by that whole thing. You know, the prices, values going up, and then after he purchases some properties, it goes down. So he decided that he saw the corruption in it, and he decided to start filing some lawsuits against banks. Well, he uh, oh, could you close that door, please? I'm going. I'll see you. Okay. So uh, anyway, so he, he was upset with that and decided to uh, start suing the banks. And he had taken some kind of a course, legal procedure course. And, uh, and, uh, and so he started exercising what he had learned in uh, state and federal court. And one thing led to another where he was actually able to push back on, with some of his lawsuits. And he, was, he actually was able to go to the United States Supreme Court twice. So if you if you looked up his name Darren Brunson and on you know search of the Supreme Court you'll find his name there on his petitions. So he had all this experience with you know litigating as a pro se litigant you know just representing himself and uh, in federal court and state court and in this and then the U.S. Supreme Court with filing those petitions. And he decided he he wanted to uh, put put those uh, that knowledge to work and that ability to to you know sue to work. So. He called me and he and he said, "Hey, Lloyd, you want to you want to be a plaintiff in a suit having to do with the 2020 election?" I said, "Sure, absolutely." So he was shocked. He didn't think I'd be willing to do that. And so we have this other brother that's really great with uh, with uh, strategy and computer programming, and and he has a print business. And so uh, we all got together and decided to to go after it. And so I filed filed my lawsuit in federal court and then as we were doing it we kind of learned about the type of filing we were doing and uh 
the magistrate judge that was assigned to the case, we had a judge, but there was a magistrate judge that was kind of assigned to us, I think because we're pro se, kind of started uh, helping us and saying, well, uh, we're not going to let you file this because it's deficient. So I'm going to help you overcome your deficiencies. And so she was terrific. And so after we went through that for a while, uh, they, the federal court decided that they weren't going to uh, let me file it. But before that, they actually did allow me to file, actually. And uh, they, this is interesting. The, the court ordered the U.S. Marshal Service to issue the summonses, the summonses and complaints to the, the 388 defendants. And so Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, Adam Schiff, and a bunch of them were served over a day or two period, of March 31st, I believe, of 2021. And so after the next day, we got a notice from the judge saying that he had canceled those summonses and said it was uh, a mistake by the court and, and made a statement that Brunson's complaint was deficient. So we didn't think that was too, too good. We didn't agree with that, and we didn't think that when is the judge supposed to be able to have the power to decide whether you can file a lawsuit or not? Right. So, so we had filed an amended complaint, and we thought that if you file an amended complaint once, you can do it. But if you do more than that, you have to get permission from the court. Well, we were wrong. You don't have to file, get permission from the court. It's called a leave, a leave of court to do that if the defendants have not been served and they haven't been served. But they were still blocking my case anyway, even though they had no right to do that. So, uh, so because they did that, we, it was sort of an appeal, but it's not an appeal because the defendants haven't been served yet. So they call it a, they call it a, a petition for writ of mandamus from the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. And they just agreed with the lower card. Oh, they're not blocking your case. It just takes time. They're not blocking. It just takes, you know, whatever. So we actually sued the two federal courts, the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals and the federal court. We took them to state court. And uh, went through it with the U.S. attorneys there. There's some interesting stories having to do with that. And we lost there. But a few weeks later, uh, we got a notice from the federal court. They were decided to do what we were suing them to do. That they had actually not only allowed us to file the complaint, but they had filed it for us and ordered the clerk of the court to issue 388 summonses. And so she did that, and we started started uh, serving all 388 defendants. The U.S. attorneys came on board. Now they're representing all 388 defendants in that case. Now the U.S. attorneys filed a motion uh, to dismiss, and we filed an opposition. They filed a reply. We filed a notice to for the judge to make a decision was filed, and that's still sitting. The judge hasn't made a decision. So now we'll go back to my brother's case. Mm -hmm. We decided two cases were better than one, and so he started in the state court, lost, you know, was moved to federal court, lost there. And we're hoping we're fine with losing with a motion to dismiss because as soon as they the judge makes a decision, we were one step closer to the United States court with an appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. And that was our goal. We knew we were going to get dismissed in the lower court levels. So we we're fine. As long as they make decisions, we're we're happy. We're going to move forward. So then it goes to the to the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals. And for four months, they sat on it, and we thought, oh, no, they're going to sit on this forever. We'll never make it to the Supreme Court. So we got together and, and, and um, got talking, and we started putting pressure on my legal-minded brother, the guy that's behind the procedure of all of this, and uh, encouraged him to find a way to get it to the U.S. Supreme Court without having to wait for the decision from the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals. 
And so he called me a few days after that excitedly, and he says, hey, I found that there's a Supreme Court Rule 11 that if it's a national emergency kind of a case, mm. you can bypass the Tenth Circuit. You can bypass the Circuit Court and go straight to the Supreme Court. And so, uh, so we did that. We filed the petition, and on the cover it said, under this court's Rule 11. And so we did that, hoping that they would accept it as a, an emergency petition. And five days later, we received, he received a phone call saying that they had accepted it. And so then they had us make some adjustments. The 10th Circuit Court of Appeal made a decision. So we were able to just withdraw that 11 part of it and just give them a regular petition. But it's still a national emergency in our minds. And yeah. so that's where it's at. And Wednesday, uh, the day before Thanksgiving, the U.S. attorneys was the deadline for them to oppose this petition. They had a right. They had one chance to oppose it before it goes into conference. And uh, on the day it was due, we filed this on the 20th of October. On November 23rd, the day it's due, the solicitor general takes over the case from the U.S. attorneys and files a waiver waiving their right to fight this petition before conference, waiving their right to file an opposition to this petition before conference. So that's where it's at now. We expect to see on the docket a day showing it going to conference, possibly Friday. We, if you go to the Supreme Court.gov website and see, look at the docket, you'll see that uh, that they have conference this Friday and the following Friday, and our case could be one of the cases in conference. So we're just looking to see if they're going to put the date for our case to go to conference, and we haven't seen that yet. So that's kind of where we're at right now. It's going to go to conference where nine justices take a vote. They're by themselves. No litigants, no no one representing either side of this is allowed to go into this conference with the nine justices. They take nine votes, and if four of those nine votes are in favor of it moving forward to a full-blown hearing, then it goes to a full-blown hearing. If we don't get the four votes, then we'll file a motion to reconsider. We'll keep, and then we have this other lawsuit. So we're not done. We're not done with this, even if they uh, dismiss it at conference. <laughs> this is fascinating. Um, and for everybody out there, this this one case, the Brunson, Allah S. Adams et al., this is not about voter fraud. No, it has nothing to do with the results of the election or voter fraud. It has to do with a security breach. And what is it? And this pertains to Donald Trump's uh, Executive Order thirteen eight four eight in the sense of foreign interference with our election. Uh, it has no. It actually doesn't have anything to do with that. Really, maybe a little bit. What it is is when when a crime is reported, even by one witness, law enforcement is obligated to investigate. If they mm -hmm. don't, they become an accomplice. Okay, they become they be, they they create some liability. So when you have a hundred members of Congress saying, hey, look, we've got a mountain of evidence. We are testifying. We're witnessing that there's evidence here of fraud and corruption and crimes having to do with the 2020 election. We need to investigate this for at least 10 days. And when you have 387 members of Congress, or whatever the number was, refusing a simple 10-day investigation, uh, there's a problem with that. There's a serious question quite a criminal element with that whether they know it or not so when senator mike lee stood up holding the constitution saying i've got to move forward with this electoral vote count because it's my constitutional duty and you have ted cruz saying hey we should investigate for 10 days senator mike lee should have says hey i have a duty to do this and i will do it 
after we take a pause and investigate for 10 days the mountain of evidence that crimes have been committed, because if they don't investigate crimes, it's a, it's a, it's a huge security breach. It's a national security breach to not investigate crimes that the witnesses say need to be investigated. It's just, it's just ridiculous. So they should have paused, taken the 10 days to, to, uh, to, uh, to investigate these claims of fraud, especially with the evidence, and for them to refuse a simple 10-day investigation is an act of treason. It's an act of whether it's intentional or not. It's a dereliction of duty. It's a crime. It's bad news. They shouldn't have done it. And so we're asking the Supreme Court to rule in favor of this petition and remove every single one of those defendants from not only from the public office that they hold now, but to bar them from holding public office the rest of their lives in any capacity, federal, state, or local. This is actually genius, the approach that you guys have taken on this, because it rules out the, the results of the election, but it brings in the stipulation yeah. that there was evidence pertaining to it that congressmen, over 100 congressmen came forth and said, hey, look, there, there's things happening here. And this falls under the First Amendment, doesn't it, in the sense of redress of it's, grievances? Well, it, yeah, absolutely. That's one of the protections. This is simply investigate claims of crimes. You know, our, our Congress is supposed to protect us. And if, if witnesses of crimes go to them and say, hey, we should investigate this, this could turn it, the investigation could result in a huge, huge security breach. Yeah. I mean, it needs to be investigated. It sort of reminds me of Pearl Harbor, you know, how these guys were were trying to warn their their superiors that there was a breach and they were going, ah, it's nothing, there's planes out there, whatever, you know, but this is this is this is really bad when you've got a hundred members of Congress saying there are crimes that need to be investigated and they won't even take ten days to do it. It's serious implications. Very serious. And so one of our uh, one of our reliefs we're asking for in the petition and the complaint is that they after they're stripped of their credentials to hold public office or of their current positions in federal office, that they also be barred from holding public office because they're not fit. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not fit. If, if, if they were a policeman saying, I don't care if there are a hundred people saying there's a crime or I'm not going to go look into it. Cause I don't think, I don't think it's important for them to do that. That's, that's really, really bad as Donald Trump would say, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I was, I was military. And one thing that we hold dearly to our hearts in the military is our honors and oaths to office. And this, this oath is sacred. I mean, everybody who serves in a, a position within government or the military always takes this oath to honor the Constitution and the people of the United States of America and to support and defend it. Now, what's right. interesting is in the military is if you, if you see a lawful order, you, you are black sheep, uh, and you, you come up and speak out, you will be targeted, you will be harassed, and, and you will be, um, be targeted by the people above you and come after you for these lawful orders. This is just the way it is, but people still hold to their convictions and come forth and do it. And I think what we're setting here is what you're showing here is there needs to be a precedent set for these people who take these constitutional oaths. We, we go out and watch these TikTok channels and these YouTube channels of these for, First Amendment auditors out there holding police officers and sheriffs in check with these First Amendment office saying, hey, this is your honors and oaths to office to the United States Constitution and the people of this country. You need to honor this and you, you, need, you, know, you need not to violate people's rights and freedoms. And I think that's one of the biggest things in this country is with the 
the rejection of the civics classes in our education system, people have forgotten well, what it means. You're touching on something very important that's included in this in the in the complaint and the petition, and that is Article Six of the Constitution requires demands that all officers, federal, state, local officers, uh, be bound, not just take an oath, but they are to be bound by oath to this constitution, okay? So all the states have a state constitution and they have the U.S. Constitution that they take an oath to, okay? So the question is, what makes the oath binding? Well, the answer is in the fact that Congress has given themselves immunity, unconstitutional immunity, and we're challenging that mm -hmm. through federal legislation. And some of the states have immunity uh, statutes as well that need to be challenged and 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 canceled out. And that's what this case is about. If this case moves forward and is adjudicated properly and decided properly, this will make the oath binding, where immunity will no longer be an element. We're a representative government. Remember the Continental Congress wasn't didn't New York show up and say, "Hey, we'd like to take a would like to vote here, but we haven't been given permission uh, from from our state legislators, and so we can't make we can't vote here." So that's that's think about it. There's no liability. Yeah. It's like how brilliant is that? They're delivering the vote, so how can they be liable unless they fumble in the delivery of the vote? But when you have members of Congress. Uh, uh, supported by fr by unconstitutional statutes that give them immunity, where they're not held accountable and they can do anything they want, then that's problematic. And so this case could could change that completely right down to the local level, where where from now on uh, someone running for office would would realize that uh, they won't be able to do anything they want and get away with it. Well, it, and going back to the First Amendment, yeah. remember when uh, when Amy Coney Barrett was being interviewed by the Senate in a Senate hearing? Who was it? Is the one was it Tom Cotton? Someone says, "Just share with us for education what the five defenses, what the five uh, five rights are that are protected by the First Amendment." And she said, "Well, what she say? She said, speech, religion, assembly, press, and then she got stuck. She couldn't remember the fifth protection." And that's so symbolic because we as a country don't know what that is. And that's what this case is about. This is exposing that right, that brilliant right that can only be used if we strip our representatives mm -hmm. from their unconstitutional immunity. And that is the petition for redress of grievances. I love it. I, I love it. And I mean, you're obviously well versed in the Constitution as well as myself as something that I've taken the heart ever since I took my first oath in the United States military. Um, it was learning and understanding the Constitution. Um, well, that's one of the things you can get at 7 is I have a, a special pocket-sized book that has revolutionary concepts and discoveries that have never been published before. That's my challenge to anyone. Show me that some of these have never been uh, published before and that's available on the website too i think you see in the background of me uh kind of a, a, a part of what it looks like and that's uh it's the 2020 edition of the constitution of the united states for federal state and local officials and the 2023 is being printed now we're out of the 2022s the 2023 will have everything the 2022 had plus a little more 
exciting stuff in it. So that's available too. So yeah, so I've been doing this. I printed 10,000 them out over the last few years. It's taken a few years. But now it's picking up where people want this. There's Q&A in the back that answers questions that have never been asked, like this concept of uh, the oath. How do you make the oath binding? You know, mm -hmm. And so there are other things too that I can share with you if you'd like. That well, I've discussed. well, how do you make the oath binding? You uh, you bring a case to the United States Supreme <laughs> Court that will strip them of their immunity. That's how you do it. Well, you know, in, in looking at the laws that they, they pass, there's, there's a ton of them that come about that are unconstitutional in their nature. And we just give them the pass. And unfortunately, oh. go ahead. Uh, go, you go know ahead. what? I was, I was working with, with someone that writes bills for the state legislator here in Utah about bringing back penalties to violating your oath. And, and she says she went, went to one of the legislators and he said, oh, my gosh, really? I mean, if this was a if this passed into law, you mean I would if I violated the Constitution, I'd be held accountable for it. It's like it was so beautiful. It's like, well, welcome back to the Constitution, the way it's originally supposed to be. <laughs> you know, it's hilarious. That response when she told me, it's like, you got to be kidding me. They know that they're violating the Constitution. Most legislators believe that if it's not specifically prohibited, they can go right ahead and do it. But but then back to the immunity. They think they they have been able to get away with everything, but that's going to stop. The nine justices have an opportunity here to put the Constitution on the map with a real oath of office that's not a facade, not a fake little, I'll take an oath to the Constitution and never read it, never even think about it after that. That's going to change if, this, if they allow this to move forward. I, I That's love one this. of the elements. And for everybody out there listening, you might hear politicians always talking about how we have a democracy. We don't have a democracy. We have a republic with a democratic Well, that's process. interesting. That's interesting. And as you know, mm -hmm. the word democracy and democratic doesn't even exist in the Constitution. The word nation doesn't exist in the Constitution. One of the things I'd like to see happen is the Pledge of Allegiance changed from nation to union, we're a, we're a union. Mm. And I would like to see on all government stationary, federal, state, and local, to have stationary that reflects the constitutional calendar in the year of our Lord. That's ah. what should be at the beginning of every federal, state, and local government document. That's a constitutional calendar, and it's in Article 7 of the Constitution. Every single one of these officials have sworn to uphold that, that document, which includes and the year of our Lord. So they, are, they should be bound and they should do that. So there are a lot of things we could do with this lawsuit. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm gonna, I gotta do something real quick. We have a, a moderation okay. problem I have to jump into. There is someone posting okay. my picture and stuff on Facebook with some crap. So I have to jump oh, in there. Okay. <laughs> it up. No worries. But well, you know, in what I was saying here is that the founding fathers, when they created this republic, they, they created a system of checks and balances. And these systems of checks and balances go beyond the legislative, judicial, um, and the executive branches. They actually go directly down to the people through the Tenth Amendment, yeah. and so on and so forth. And one of these systems Petition of checks for and grievances. That's right. right. And one of these things is is that when Congress passes a law, and that law becomes the law of the land, that law is not necessarily constitutional or unconstitutional until the people decide. And the people, like yourself. One person can come forth and challenge that law and take it up to the court of the land and get that law or that decision overturned. And that's just another system of checks and balances within this. Where in a democracy, you would need 51% of the people to actually come forth and do that. In a republic, one person can challenge all of those laws. That's right. Yep, well said. Yeah, and you know we have to remember that 
we hold ultimately the power in this country. It's we do. one thing that There's, we've forgotten. Yeah. The problem is education. Thomas Jefferson said the, the true corrective for constitutional abuse is education. And so people need to know the Federal Reserve, just the basics, a five-minute little course on the Federal Reserve before they can understand the Constitution and money and taxation. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, but once we understand the Constitution in its real form, like it's supposed to be understood like a real contract, they'll overcome their contradictions. Our conservative representatives, if you were to ask them certain questions, there are contradictions. For example, you would say, well, can you show me a clause in the Constitution that prohibits socialism? And they wouldn't, be able to, they wouldn't really be able to give you a clear-cut answer unless they had my book. So if they had to have my book, they would say, well, of course. They would say something like this. The first ten amendments were defined by Congress as further declaratory and restricted clauses to the seven articles. And let's take a look at one of those declaratory and restricted clauses. The last line of the Fifth Amendment states, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Well, your private property includes your money. So the government, according to the last line of the Fifth Amendment, cannot take your money for public use without just compensation. Well, that creates some conflict. If you interpret that liberal, literally, it's like that's the definition of taxation. So because it's a further declaratory and restrictive clause, it amends out of existence all the tax clauses in the seven articles. And so how do we fund government? And I address that. The answers are all there. Yeah. The Constitution gave us a tax-free system. Zero taxation is needed. We don't need any taxation. And to prove the point in a little, little bit of a, a little condensed statement, we'll say when a trillion dollars is created out of thin air, it's profit for the central bankers, which is they're nonprofits, so they're not supposed to keep it, but they do. And it's tax debt for us. It's not supposed to be. This is not supposed to be a debt-based currency. It's supposed to be a profit-based currency, according to the Constitution. So if we were to enforce the nonprofit status of the Federal Reserve System successfully and enforce it retroactively, we would be able to take all of the assets that have been accumulated by the central bankers that have had the ability, the uncontrolled ability to create money out of thin air. We could take all their assets and, and, and take it and actually return it to the taxpayer. You know, I, I, th this is a great conversation in the sense of money. Um, <laughs> and I said I wasn't going to get into You money. said you weren't going to go there, but I, I want to touch on this a little bit. No, let's not, let's not get into that. Well, not too much. We won't go too much. But yeah, it, it's just too much. I mean, it's, yeah. my, my, my friends and family complain that I just get into so much. I jump around so much that it's so hard to keep track of everything. And I like to do that and I shouldn't do that. So. But just one thing is just yeah. just ask yourself, when a trillion dollars is created out of thin air, why is it pure profit for the central bankers and tax debt for us, folks? Think about that. Well, and also, is how does the Federal Reserve get paid on that? And then go to 7discoveries.com, get the book. I'm out of right now, but we'll have more okay. printed up. The, the 2023 edition of the Constitution for Federal, State, and Local Employees it has all these answers in there and Q&A, and uh, we'll get into a great national discussion about that. Let's overthrow the modern-day money changes. What do you say? And get rid of uh, get rid of corruption and get rid of them stealing our property from us. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And and I love how you you put that in the sense of money is your actual property. Um, yeah. And, and what we That's use right. today is this fiat money, which under I think it's the. Oh wait! Oh wait! 
that money is in the wrong hands, but it works. If it were in the right hands, that mm -hmm. fiat money is actually constitutional. You don't want them taking your gold and silver to back, back our money. You don't want that. But if you insist on having our U.S. currency backed with gold and silver, we could say, according to the Constitution, we could say, okay, we will back it every dollar with one trillionth of an ounce of gold or silver. Therefore, we wouldn't have to take people's silver and gold from them, and the value of it would be based on the market value of goods exchange of goods and services. And if we stop giving money away to parasites and stop spending our money on, on corruption and control what the Federal Reserve is doing, take it back, and I think we have a beautiful system. I love it. I love it. And I was talking about the, the House Joint Resolution. I think it's 179 in 1933, where they actually came out and, and defined money, Congressman. Yeah, well, they don't know what they're talking about. I agree, because there's no there's no jurisdiction within the Constitution that gives them the ability to define money. It's actually no. defined in the Constitution and then the Coinage Act of 1789. Well, actually, uh, the, some stuff was amended with the last line of the Fifth Amendment. No taking people's gold and silver to back up currency. Anyway, that's a that's a whole other exciting topic. And and I just say, pick the low hanging fruit. When people, when you, when we read, when I read the Constitution, I try to keep doing it. I find something new every time. Mm -hmm. Skip over if people are starting to get into it for the first time. Get my book. Go to the Q and A at the back, and just start. Take a pencil and underline things that make sense skip over everything else don't get bogged down just just keep looking until you find something that connects with you underline it and you do that every time eventually you will have a ton of these little jewels and nuggets that you'll be able to refer to in the constitution 100 percent, loy this was fantastic uh as this pushes for further i want to have you on more and talk about oh, this i believe we're going to have you on um american media periscope here probably this week sometime we're gonna have uh, we're gonna be reaching out about right. that. Um, okay. I know you got to get on Nino's show. Uh, tell David we said hi, and I hope okay. you have a fantastic evening, my friend. And thank you you're so right. much for everything you're doing. God bless you. You're a patriot at heart, and uh, you know lead by example. And and I hope more people follow through with these types of lawsuits because the more that we flood that system with these types of lawsuits, the more the Absolutely. system recognizes that this has to be heard yes. that the people are speaking. Absolutely. Right now, they can just go to 7discoveries.com, yep. donate $1. That lets us know you're out there, that you're supporting this. Just go and donate a dollar. That'd be great. So thank you. Thank you, Joshua. So much. Thank you so much, Lloyd. We'll talk to you here soon. Guys, we'll be right back with more Daily Dose right after this. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to Red Pills dot tv slash patriot that's r-e-d-p-i-l-l-s dot tv slash patriot and secure your long-term emergency food storage from my patriot supply my patriot supply is by far the largest preparedness company in america they're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage when you need it it'll be there lunches dinners drinks and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. Smooth. All right. Smooth it is. Thank you so much, Lloyd Brunson, for joining us tonight and talking about the Supreme Court case that uh, Raylan uh, Brunson has and his case that is coming up. We're following this now. As we talked about, we, we talked about this, I believe, back in September and October timeframe. And we were waiting for this 
to uh, kind of have a response by the Supreme Court. And obviously that response came on November 23rd. Um, everybody's on uproar. They're going to either hear it in closed session this Friday or next Friday. I was just looking at the docket. I'm not seeing it on there yet. So we're going to keep uh, updated on that. We'll have Loy back on when we get that. And uh, joining me here is, look at this guy, uh, Vince Tagliavia, my co-host for the night. What's up, Vince? How we doing? Hey. Hey, a pleasure to be here. What a fascinating conversation. I'm doing great. Got to have him back on. I mean, well, I want to, I I, think we want to talk about the money part. We're going to talk about money. He's like, I don't want to go there tonight. It's such a long conversation. Let's do it. (laughs) One day, man. Fascinating. We'll definitely have to keep our eyes on that. Wow. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting that this is coming up right now because, um, Maricopa County responds to the Arizona Attorney General's materially conflicts with instructions on election day, but they announced that they will certify the rigged election. So have you been paying attention to what's happening right now in Maricopa County? Did you, I saw a clip just Roger, recently. Uh, yeah. So this, yeah, this, this came from Carrie Lake. She says, stop what you're doing right now and watch this. And so we're going to, we're going to play this real quick. Let's go ahead and play this. I typically don't speak at these. I represent uh, folks. I have an organization called Frontline America, and I also represent a media outlet, Real America's Voice News. We were denied entry along with my colleague, Jordan Conradson, to the election office, uh, and I figured this was an appropriate time to redress my grievance. I spend most of my time on the southern border exposing the invasion that's going on down there, especially here in Arizona and what's coming into our country. The biggest concern I have is if this election is certified, the only parties that will benefit from this are the cartels. Uh, They've taken over Mexico and sadly they've taken over many politicians in America. What we saw on election day was outrageous and to say that it was anything but that is Uh, Either you think we're stupid or you're just that arrogant. Uh, What we've seen from you in the election office and your response, very simple questions needed to be asked. 2020 was a disaster. How was 2022 worse? You cannot say that you can certify an election when half of the voting machines were down. Was it 1,000 people that were disenfranchised? Was it 10,000 of the people that were there in line or the people that didn't show up because they saw on the news the election machines didn't work? The fact that you've already made up your minds, you've already made the decision, this is, this is all semantics. All of us coming up here and speaking is semantics. You've already made your vote. You've already made this decision. You said the world is watching and you're right. They're watching and they're watching this disaster play out in front of them. You responded to the AG with the most most pathetic, inept response I've ever seen. You have not redressed the grievances of these people. That is the question. And the answer that I hear from everyone across this room is, you cannot certify. So the question is, what is the remedy? The fact that you were on a pack that was going against Kerry Lake, as well as Richer, going against Kerry Lake, how can you say that there's no conflict of interest? You have a Secretary of State running against a gubernatorial candidate. How can you say there's no conflict of interest? And then your machines go down on election day. It is absolutely outrageous. If you certify today, the only thing you'll be certifying is your corruption. Thank you again. Wow. And and Ben's absolutely right right there. 100%. Right. Not only that, it is listen to this one. This this came out from Kerry Lake a little while ago. Um, actually, we're just going to play this. Clip. We're going to play this clip. L- check this one out. Um, I found out today that I have no choice but to vote I or I'll be arrested and charged with a felony. Um, I don't think that that is what our founders had in mind when they used the democratic process to elect their leaders. Our self, form of self-government, I find that very disheartening. 
with your vote of four ayes and zero nays, you've approved item 1B. Anything else for the duty order? And he comes out at the beginning of this and says that Mojave County is under duress. Yeah. Which Can means that, that I am not doing this in good conscience. I am not doing this in good faith. But instead, they have threatened me with a felony if I vote anything other than yes. And they just pretended like they didn't hear it and moved on and took it. That's crazy, huh? It sounds like the, the shot heard around the world. Now, I, I'm telling you. There's yeah. massive implications for what's happening right now in Arizona. Um, the people of Arizona, you know, we might think, oh, they're, they're, they live in hot weather. They're all, uh, you know, arm flanging and everything. Dude, these are not people you want to mess with. And True. I'm telling you right now, you're going to see some fireworks from this. This is not going to go down um, easy for these people. Um, these politicians were... 100% corrupt in the beginning. You didn't have the governor, the, the secretary of the state who was running against Carrie Lake. You didn't have her recuse herself, recuse mm -hmm. herself. You have, uh, you know, she's certifying her own election. You had the election board, which basically ran packs, as Ben was saying, against Carrie Lake, who are certifying the election for Maricopa County. Other counties are being held with felony if they don't certify with a yes. Um, I have a feel. I have a feeling that the people of Arizona, which, by the way, is an open carry state, are going to rise up peacefully and protest this heavily armed. I, I, I'm just saying this is what I think they're going to do. Oh, I remember you very well. See that you remember we t we talked about it. Is that a few weeks ago there was a, a letter that came out that gave Maricopa until last Friday, and it said basically if you don't. Um, have an investigation into this election. We get redress all of our grievances, the problems. Then we're going to protest, and people all around America are going to show up and protest. Now, here's oh, the yeah. thing: this is exactly what Loy was talking about. It's not about who won the election or not. It's not about hey, we have evidence of voter fraud. It's right. the fact that the people are coming forth saying, hey, look, I was disenfranchised. My vote didn't count. People are coming forth and saying, hey, I think I think there was fraud and there's evidence to support this. Government, you need to do something. And the government's just like, nah, we're okay. Thank you. Um, our person won, so we're okay. And that's and, what... Yeah, go ahead. And worse with the statement that, that was just made, <clears throat> it's basically them saying, some people saying, I know we need to do something about it, but I can't because I'm under duress. And so, yep. therefore, I'm going along with it. Whoa. It, it, it's pretty huge. It's pretty huge. So uh, some news and updates tonight. If you guys are following me on social red pill or on telegram, you probably know these are fans of coast to coast AM. Um, I, I got a call today and uh, they asked me to come on and talk about transhumanism, the great reset, um, the occultism and how it kind of all interrelates a lot of the stuff that we talk about on our Friday night show. So I'm going to be on with George Norrie for the first two hours tonight. This is going to be pretty cool. It's one of the checks off my bucket list. What uh, time? It, so it's at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 midnight Central. Um, big thanks to Mark Shaw, Brad right. Olson, and uh, Lynn Buchanan and all those guys who gave 1 a.m. Eastern. Yes, 1 a.m. Eastern. Um, and all those guys cool, out dude. there who have had on my Friday night show who gave me a good kudos over to the Coast team. So looking forward to that. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, that's going to be epic. 
Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Yuval Noah Harari, Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum, Transhumanism, CBDCs, the integration of the, uh, the, the money system of how that's the first point of the transhumanistic agenda is to get people under control, get them into the surveillance state, and then basically implement various technologies that go under the skin. We know Bill Gates owns, obviously, a, uh, a patent for blockchain technology that operates through various nanotechnology. We have Ch Dr. Charles Lieber at Harvard University who ran, or Harvard or Yale, it was Harvard University, who was arrested for collaborating with the Chinese. He, de he developed nano mesh technology that basically mm. latches onto the, the cellular structures of your skin or into your epidermis and takes the oh heat and transmits electrical signaling. And this was... People say this is using the lipid nanoparticles for the COVID vaccine. We have the COVID vaccine there for, I mean, th this stuff is a deep, deep, dark hole. And so we're going to have a great time talking about that and opening the eyes up to people out there about what's really happening in this world with what I call or what we call the unfolding global conspiracy. And, and Vince, do you remember, like, if you go back to like 2012, 2013, do you remember when the CDC mm -hmm. website had all that information out there pertaining to zombie viruses and zombie apocalypse. Oh. Yeah. Did you see this today? Scientists warn long frozen zombie virus is public health threat amid the thaw. Um, yeah. French scientists have sparked fears of yet another pandemic after reviving. They revived it. Of a zombie virus that has been trapped under frozen lake in Russia for a record 50,000 years. The situation would be much more disastrous in the case of plant, animal, and human diseases Caused by the revival of an ancient unknown virus, it reads the viral study, which has yet to be peer-reviewed. The new research was helmed by microbiologist Jean-Marie um, Applemec from the French National Center for Scientific Research. According to the preliminary paper, global warming is causing vast swaths of the permafrost, permanently frozen ground covering one quarter of the northern hemisphere, to ir irreversibly thaw. And this has had an alarming effect on releasing organic matter frozen up for over a million years. Now, what's interesting is they're, they're I told you, I, I said this before, I said they're going to blame it on global warming, yeah. but guess what? They are it's the scared, ones though. who found it and revived it. Yeah, dude, it's totally just a scapegoat, totally a scapegoat. Well, you know, the real virus in this, in this world um, is these people that are perpetuating this agenda. And it's interesting to see these types of things because we have multiple threats, multiple types of virus. The virus scare is on the things that you can't see that can kill you or hurt you um, is what they're utilizing for fear porn and propaganda these days. And we have to understand that when people are in fear, they're not in freedom. And I want people to understand that. Huh. When you're in fear, you're not in freedom. Your choices become limited to survival, instinctual, okay? Primal. And they know that. And they know that. And this is why they continuously press people to be in this, this state of perpetual fear. And so what's more fearful than this small little thing that you can't see, touch, or kill that can invade your body, replicate inside of you, and eventually kill you? It's the perfect weapon of propaganda. And this is what they're doing. It's perpetuating this fear pro propaganda campaign to whether it's SPARS or, you know, obviously COVID or what's going to come next. We know that now we have the outbreaks of RSV. We have COVID yeah. strains that are coming about. But I want people to understand that if you go back and listen to this podcast from 2020, we were talking about this. We said this exact thing would happen because 
I back then I was listening to a gentleman by the name of Gert Vandenbosch, who was with Bill Gates's Gavi Foundation, who was head of vaccinology and virology for the German government. He was the head mm-hmm. of vaccinology for Merck. Okay, this guy is one of the subject subject matter experts on vaccinology. Okay. And he was sitting there talking about how this is a leaky vaccine. What it's going to do is it produces antibody-dependent enhancements. And these antibody-dependent enhancements are going to give way to various different strains of this virus as well as mutate other viruses like the normal cold and flu and cause mass sickness. And we can begin to see this about 18 months after the initial injections. And that's where we are today. And so these RSV cases that are going out there, and I know a lot of people are like, well, I wasn't vaccinated. I got RSV. That's right. Because guess what? These people who had the vaccine, they become these incubators for these other strains and then pass it on to people, other people, where everybody can get sick from it. And that's another aspect of concern. Like The concern is actually real. But it doesn't mean lock yourself in your basement and wear a mask everywhere you go. It's get ample amounts of sunlight. Get your vitamin D and C. Take your daily vitamins. Making sure that your body is healthy and that your immune system is strong. These are the things that you need to do. We're seeing a massive increase in um, in strokes and heart attacks. And Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Did you see Lots. that one? These two, two streamers. I've seen two streamers. Twitch oh. streamers. Yeah. Just from this last weekend. Die live streaming. Two streamers. I saw one. I saw one from Korea, and I saw another Ugh. guy. I think he was in the Netherlands or something. He was alone, and he was just sitting there, and he starts looking off, and yeah. then collapse. Isn't and then it he, weird? Like, yeah. I started doing this, and I just feel weird. Weird. Oh, my gosh. I, I did see one. Same thing. It was a group. I think it was a Korean streamer or an Asian streamer. Same yep. thing. The Korean. Turned left yeah. and collapsed. Yep, he started looking, and he stands up, and he falls on the table. It, it's this whole thing again. And I don't know if this is some type of biotechnology, nanotechnology that's being integrated um, from what we've seen with the injections, or this is mm-hmm. something completely different, like um, a modified version of Havana syndrome. If you remember mm-hmm. in the CIA depots around the world, we were seeing Havana syndrome, which was being becoming pretty paramount. In the sense where people were um, experiencing various different types of ailments, dizziness, um, they hallucinations, thinking something's there and something's not there. And these were microwave weapons that were being utilized against them. Now, this is also interesting because it, it's the same microwave weapons that I've talked about that were potentially utilized about... Uh, about uh, remember all the plane crashes that were happening? Yeah. I saw one uh, airplane just got stuck in some power lines um, over the weekend. That's right. But remember how they were all happening in Southern California or with military vessels and yep. vehicles? Yeah, this, this was interesting. I and remember I always said multiple that, in San Diego. Yep. What if this was directed energy weapons? Well, guess who's having the same problem right now? Uh, Ukraine? Russia. I don't know. Oh, Russia. I was close. Russia <laughs> has planes that are just falling out of the sky. Yeah. A highly unusual amount of plane crashes, military plane (laughs) crashes from Russia. It's almost like there's a new weapon being utilized by both sides that can take planes down. That's wild, dude. Dude, have you been following this uh, Balenciaga stuff? Uh, 
I try not to go too deep into it, but I saw some developments over the weekend. Loda Volkova um, is uh, one of the top uh, designers at uh, Balenciaga. And uh, this woman is purebred Satanist. I mean, there is no if, ands, or buts about it. Um, so she's a stylist, L- uh, Loda Volkova, who worked closely with top brands like Balenciaga, Vogue, and Adidas. Um, she has posted many photographs and works of art depicting motives of child abuse and occult on her Instagram, which has since been made private following the Balenciaga scandal. And so there's just a few of one's pictures right there. Now, what's also interesting about this is that Kanye, or Ye, was mm-hmm. wearing Balenciaga boots when he went to visit Trump. Did you notice this? This I is didn't some know pretty that. disgusting stuff that she's posting. It's gnarly, dude. Absolutely gnarly. The, this I reminds didn't know me that. of the, the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Uh, this uh-huh. this is pretty disturbing stuff. So well, they're, they're probably buds. Who knows? And, and there she is, right there. And so this is their top designer of Balenciaga and Adidas. And so you know what we have to do My is basically hell. just stop supporting these people. Stop buying their shit. You know, Kim Kardashian came out, who I guess is an affiliate or supporter of Balenciaga, and she said, "Well, you know, I I'm glad that they came out and apologized, and I'm still going to support." I don't think they them. have. No, they have. I don't think they have. They just no, retract. They're it, silent. I, I think they've just been silent. And here's the, the some of the pictures in question. This was from mm-hmm. Balenciaga. Um, this is the doll with the panda eyes. You have the white rabbit over there. You have the word ball in Balenciaga. The tape is supposed to say Balenciaga, and instead it yeah. says ball. And for oh, those, yeah. those who don't know ball, bal, ball, however you want to say it, in occultism. Um, when we start looking at that type of figure, what I've learned is this is like one of the gods, same as Moloch in the sense of sacrificial worship, um, where they sacrifice to this deity, this being, whatever you want to call it. Um, in its symbolic nature, it basically means um, ignorance, is being in a state of ignorance, mm-hmm. is the lack of knowledge or the, the false light is shone upon this arrogance or ignorance. It's a deviation away from natural law. There's a lot of ways to interpret it. It's the lower consciousness of mankind, instinctual, primal, if you want to look at it like that. Um, but these people are true satanic worshippers in that very right. And it's a lot different than what... It's a lot different than the higher levels of white and dark magic of what they actually pertain to these things. Think about this as like the lower levels of kind of like uh, uh, very, very fundamental Satanists, if you want to look at it like that, or Luciferians. But yeah, it's it's mm. sick and horrible stuff, and I, I hate covering that stuff, but we're going to have know. to reach out to some friends and have them on the cover this stuff. Uh, because oh, I, yeah. I won't touch that stuff with uh and I know um darn, her name's her name escapes me. Natalie Denise. But, yeah, Natalie yeah. is definitely doing a lot of great research on this. She had a massive thread that I went through and it's absolutely outstanding. So I'm gonna I'm gonna text uh, her would be worth... if she wants to come on this week and talk about it. Oh yeah, she's fantastic, man. Yeah, she's awesome. She's uh, the expert on that. I can't I just can't. I can't handle it, dude. <laughs> I can't I, go I down can't that rabbit it. hole. It's a hard rabbit hole to go down, especially when you got yeah. kids and stuff. 
Um, U.S. attorney confirms over 500,000 deaths after mRNA injections in the United States. Millions injured around the world with neurological disorders, thrombosis, myocarditis, autoimmune diseases, and many more. The CDC and Pfizer knew in advance that it would be and hid the data. Let's listen to this. Have occurred in the Let's bring this all the way up. The vaccines are completely ineffective, as the example of Israel shows, particular, particularly dramatically. There, 86% of the people treated in hospitals for COVID are double vaccinated. And the vaccines are highly dangerous. Through a whistleblower, it has, been, has become known that the numbers of deaths after vac vaccination in one of the U.S. registers have been falsified. falsified. Conservative estimates now arrive at at least 500,000 deaths after vaccination since the beginning of the vaccine rollouts. In addition, there are other serious side effects such as neurological disorders, thromboses, myocarditis, and more. For the fall, winter, and coming spring, experts expect severe problems for those vaccinated when they encounter the so-called wild virus in the form of a cold or flu virus. Due to ADE, that's a cytokine storm, autoimmune diseases, and more severe cases of thrombosis, among others. Since these vaccines damage the immune system, not only will each subsequent booster cause more damage, but precisely the contact with the so-called wild virus will as well. All the massive side effects that have occurred in the meantime were known to the American CDC long before the vaccine rollout began. Worse yet, as evidenced by the now disclosed contents of both the manufacturer's documented, uh, documents submitted to the EMA, the European Medical Agency, and the manufacturer's secret contracts with nation states, the manufacturers do not know whether their so-called vaccine is effective. They do not know it. Nor do they know if it is dangerous. But they demand immunity from nation states in the event that claims are made against them for vaccine injuries. And they also explicitly demand that if there are alternative methods of treatment, which do, of course, make vaccines completely unnecessary, their experimental products must still be purchased. Well, you heard it right there. Now, isn't that concerning? <laughs> I mean, this is exactly what we've all been saying and talking about for a very, very long time. And now we're seeing it come to fruition. We're, talk we're seeing attorneys and doctors coming forth. We're seeing doctors lose their medical license. World-renowned cardiologists lose their license. Dr. B Peter McCullough lost his license. Yeah, dude. And this isn't just your, an average doctor either. This is like the best of the best of what we've got. Yep. Oh, and I also want to give a, a heads up to the big old thank you, the, the Vince Tagliavia, for covering for Thanks, me and man. doing such a great job on the Daily Dose while I was moving and getting things taken care of. Thank you so much, Vince, for that. Oh, my pleasure, man. As well as Jim Price. I don't know if people knew that Jim Price was covering for me on the Dark Delight show. So thank oh, you, Jim it. Price, as well. Yeah, he's doing awesome. Um. Andrew Tate, let's listen to what he has to say in the sense that people are saying that this is the best 90 seconds on the COVID scam. Let's listen to it. These slave-minded individuals are so, they're literally barely sentient individuals. 
If I was the kind of person, if I was walking around with a mask on and screaming at my fellow man in supermarkets, mm -hmm. and I've now realized that I was wrong because COVID is still here yes. and I'm not wearing a mask anymore, neither is anyone else, I would feel deep shame. I would be apologetic. I would literally be saying to the world, I can't believe they fooled me like that. I don't know who you were, who I was yelling at in the supermarket. You were smarter than me. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. They fooled me. They tricked me. These people don't even feel shame. They don't even feel sorry. They don't even sit and go, wow, they made a fool out of me. It doesn't even cross their minds. They're on to the next thing now. Slava Ukraine. Next thing. They don't give a shit. And it's just truly amazing that they can destroy someone's life for three years and then recruit these people to go out there and push the agenda for them. And all the people who were tools of an agenda, now the agenda is over, are not sentient enough to sit and go, wow, they fooled me. I need to think more carefully next time they try and fool me. No. They just continue with the programming. These people are completely and utterly slave-minded, genuinely slaves. They live inside of a system, and the system they're going to purport and fight to defend is going to destroy them. They're not fighting for a system which is going to give them anything other than absolute slavery and tyranny. It's truly incredible to watch in real time this kind of crap happening. He's absolutely right. And whether you like Andrew Tate or not, I'm not a big fan of Andrew Tate. But um, I'm not either. He's a douche. But, man, when someone's right, they're right. On. He's spot on is that these people that just went after you, that violently opposed you, ridiculed you, who screamed vehemently at you about not wearing a mask, about not following the rules and the guidelines, now know that they're wrong and like, eh, okay. And they don't learn. They don't take into account the motto that we have here is never believe anything anybody says, no matter who they are, what authority mm -hmm. they possess or profess, unless you can prove it. With your own research, your own investigation. And, and these people, they have a, a complex. Maybe they're NPCs. I don't know. Brainwashed. Yeah, something. Yeah, well, victims. The victims of psychological warfare is what it is. We're getting reports that, uh, that Kanye, Milo, and uh, Nick Fuentes were on Timcast. Uh, Timcast. Yeah. And uh, Kanye walked off the show. I don't know what. Oh, happened. he walked off. Yeah, he walked off. Oh, <laughs> I might have to watch it fast forward later. Yeah. But also, I want to watch your live show at at one a.m. on Coast to Coast. Heck yeah, I can't. I'm, like, I'm gonna have to, obviously. Um, <laughs> in a pre-Thanksgiving announcement, the White House COVID czar um, Ashish Yaha revealed that the plan for 2023 is to unleash another Wuhan coronavirus vaccine that Americans will be expected to take for protection against the China flu. As many expected would be the case, Yaha indicated that the COVID injections are to become an annual affair with new varieties released annually in much the same way that the flu shots are released. We're probably going to need an update to our vaccine next year and have Americans get vaccinated again the year later. We already know that this vaccine has been added to the vaccine schedule. So the, uh, the, the pharmaceutical companies have complete immunity over all this. And, uh, you know, listen, guys, we, we are in the midst of depopulation. That, that's what this is about. They, they are depopulating the world and they're going to do everything in their power to force it on everybody to get a shot into everybody's arm or both of your arms and all of your kids' arms. It doesn't affect everybody. We know this, that it doesn't kill everybody. It doesn't affect everybody that there are. It's kind of like a, a non-said lottery, right? Is that yeah. some of these shots can be incredibly deadly. Usually people know within two weeks to two months. 
and mm-hmm. that some of the shots people can get two, three, or four of them, and and they're fine. That's yeah, it seems to be the case, man. They're just not stopping, are they? Um, if we can rewind real quick, how do we? Okay, so is there a, a live so link on coasttocoastam.com? You have to be a member, premier member, to listen to their live link, I believe. Oh, you actually mm-hmm. should be able to listen to it on coasttocoastam.com. But what you do is you go to their channels and stations. Mm-hmm. You go to their website, you'll find channels and stations, and it's on every AM station, or it's on like most AM stations and some FM stations in your area. So you can go okay. to their website, find coasttocoastam.com. Let me, let me go in here. Coast right there. Pull this up real quick. So if you go in here to Coast to Coast AM's website, um, you go to... Where is it? Media, Insider Events, Podcast. Um, where is it? Shows. There we go. And oh, maybe that's not it. Um, where is it? Usually what they have is they have... Stations. There it is. Under Media, you go to Stations, and you pick your state. Okay. And so I'm in Minnesota, nice. so you pick your state, and it's going to tell you all the stations here, 10, 14, 80 a.m., 13, 60 a.m., 100.1 FM, that pick it up in cool. your uh, in your area. So it's Premier Radio, so you can check it out there. Dude, thank you. I'll put that link in the chat for yep. anybody who wants to watch it later. But so, yeah, they're not stopping with this COVID nonsense. Um, no, clearly. they're not. And we're and, about to learn some big secrets about this, aren't we? Oh, in what regard? What Elon. Are you referring to? So Elon, Elon yeah. says he's about to publish what he calls the what is it the the Twitter files on free Something speech suppression, soon to be published yeah. on Twitter itself. The public deserves to know what really happened. And if you find out what uh, what Elon has been saying lately, oh my goodness, man! Yeah, he kind of threw me for a loop over the weekend. This is just nonstop. Uh, information and uh, I think this war is real clearly it, it absolutely is and he, right now he's going after Apple and uh, he pointed out today to people who didn't know that Apple charges a 30% tax on every transaction through the iPhone store or the and uh, they the, threatened yeah and they threatened him to take him off and they the threatened to deplatform him and he's like okay go ahead I'll just uh, you know use my power and influence to stop you and what it really it shows is it shows that two platforms, Google, which owns the Android market, and Apple, which owns the iPhone market, hold a monopoly on all the software yeah. applications that people see and the information content that they get. Because if there's something that they don't agree with, they will remove you or won't approve you. And that's exactly what Twitter is going through right now because of Elon with Apple. And so this is going to be incredible. Incredibly, um, this is going to be massive, I think, honestly. Mm-hmm. I wonder how he's going to use Starlink to his advantage, if that could help him in any way. Well, uh, if knows? he was yeah, I don't shunned know. out. <laughs> I don't know. So we have um, massive protests occurring globally. Um, China is the new one. We have the black and white paper protests that are occurring in China against the COVID lockdowns. People are um, up in arms throughout Shanghai and other provinces. You're not even seeing half of what's actually happening. I'm waiting for the people. You know, it's interesting, too, because the news media comes out and says 
the people are asking for a um, um, a end to the COVID restrictions. No, they're not. They're asking for freedom. They're asking for their government to step down and get out of the way and to have an actual democratic process. But you're not hearing this on the actual news. You're absolutely right, dude. Because when I see all this going on, actually, the thought crossed my mind today. I'm like, should I send a tweet with hashtag free China, free the world, free every country? Like, oh, my gosh. And things That's are about we need. To, yeah, and things are about to kick off in Brazil. The, the Board of Elections there in Brazil denied Bolsonaro's claim. Oh and so gosh. he's going to push back. Um, I think that we've already seen millions of people protest in March there. We're probably going to see them rise up more, probably in another capacity next. Uh, we got Arizona, which I think that protests are probably going to be kicking off here relatively shortly. Um, probably. And uh, many European nations right now are having the same thing happen. Dude, the world's, we're, we're at that precipice moment. We're, at least we're very, very close. I think we're there, but I think, uh, I think the precipice moment is kind of like this long six-month process of global awakening. Yeah, I think you're right. And this is something I've noticed with myself. I'm pretty good at knowing what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Fairly decent. However, I'm always early. And I feel like it has to catch up. And I think maybe that's with this whole awakening to the truth thing, too, is that maybe we've been awake for so long because it's easy for us, but mm, it's way call. premature premature for most. So uh, going back to Elon Musk for a second. Yeah. This was Elon Musk's tweet earlier today, my bedside table, okay? Yeah, I think this was the other day. Now, you know what's interesting about this? I don't know if you caught this, and I'm just one of those guys that looks at these types of things. How many letters are in my bedside table? How many? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 letters. Okay. Okay. Do you know what Q post 14? By the way, did everybody see the picture in the background? It's Washington crossing the Delaware. Do you know what QPOS yeah. 14 is? Oh, gosh. What? Washington crossing the Delaware. You're, you you got to be kidding me. Nope. Dead serious. Oh, my God. 31st dude. of October, 2017. Military intelligence oh. skiff. What is state secrets and how are they upheld uh, in the Supreme Court? Must be accomplished to engage military intelligence over other three-letter agencies. What must occur to allow for civilian tri- trials? Why is this relevant? Um, this goes on and on and on. So who is helping POTUS? How is POTUS always five steps ahead? Was Trump asked to run with assurances, uh, made to prevent uh, trampling? So I I want everybody to take a look at this. 14 letters in my bedside table. We have Washington crossing the Delaware, Q post 14 right there, Washington crossing the Delaware. And look at the last four. Was Trump asked to run for president with assurances made to prevent tampering? How is POTUS always five steps ahead? Who is helping POTUS? It goes back, dude. This reminds me of as soon as Elon posted that and we started making these connections uh, prior to this post Mm -hmm. of his bedside table. Peter Thiel comes to mind. Peter Thiel. We have uh, Palantir. Paypal Mafia. Palantir. Right, right. But because, I mean, they were shunned out of everything. And, dude, I'm telling you, is that. There are multiple factions in this world that are warring right now. It's the War of the Roses. And they came together and said, we need someone who can get into the presidency and start making changes. Elon and Peter Thiel were both on that advisory board, the SES advisory board, when Donald Trump first came in the office. (laughs) 
Now, right. looking at the, the, the Q stuff, oh, man. I mean, that is – Elon fits right in there. I know. Except for the, the whole God religious thing, but still Elon fits right in there. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. And so uh, we're going to just touch on a few more things here. I got to get going here soon. It's my son's birthday. We have to go sing happy birthday to him. He's 11 right. today. Uh, Enjoy just it. unbelievable that my, my son is 11. <laughs> I just can't believe it. Uh, oh, I wanted to also show this is that this wasn't the only thing that he posted. Is if you scroll down mm-hmm. there, um, he also posted, uh, I, wake, I wake up and there's another PSYOP. He's talking about PSYOPs all over the place. He posted that, but then he also posted this one. I don't care about this particular psyop, honestly. And who is that? <laughs> Kek. Kek. So I don't know. I think he's given some hints and clues here, in my opinion. Um, Apple turned off a private communication tool in China just before major protests broke out. This was at the direction of the Chinese government, which means that China is in collaboration. If you go back to the cue boards, this actually makes a lot of sense. A lot of the parts for the iPhone are manufactured within China. Yeah, there, there's. I heard their production too is going to be hit about a quarter, twenty five percent rather, yep. um, because of these protests. Well, in in we'll talk about that in a minute, JTech. Tiananmen Square moment. Lone woman stands firm against Chinese people line, but this time the aftermath is caught on film. And and there's another video that came out afterwards and they beat the the piss out of this girl. They beat her up pretty bad. Um, Vince had to step away for just one second. So I'm going to touch on a few things that you guys are probably wondering about. We'll just go on over to here and we're going to look at, yep, we had some new Q posts. And so 4964, be aware of false prophets. I am not a prophet. You are not a prophet. We are not prophets. Focus on the mission. This was posted yesterday. Now, what's interesting about this is that this is one of the first times that I've seen that I remember and recall that Q refers to himself as I am. Before it's always we. And so he says, I am not a prophet. You are not a prophet. We are not prophets. Focus on the mission. Beware of false prophets. Now, someone was asking, does this pertain to Elon Musk? I would say no. There's a lot of controversy out there right now within a lot of the communities. Um, about theories. And one of those theories under attack right now is devolution, something I've been against since the beginning. Um, we're seeing information coming out with Kate Awakening, who is dating uh, Patel Patriot John, and some drama that's going on there about the Mossad and connected to the Mossad. I don't know. I've looked into it a little bit, but um, I don't know enough to be dangerous with it or comment on it. I haven't seen the evidence or information. Um, I've seen the videos, but I have not seen the evidence or information. I have not heard their side of the story. So I'm not going to comment too much on that. I'm just, I don't, devolution doesn't make sense because it doesn't follow how the government actually works. I've talked about this, how PEDs actually work. Any president can go and review PEDs and pull a PED out. Other than if they can't, then how is a president supposed to be able to use a PED? It doesn't make any sense. Um, 
the next person asked about uh, Q&A with a question and answer session and Q said in time. So hopefully that comes soon and we can ask some questions. And then here comes the really mysterious one. What is coded in your DNA? Who put it there? Why? Mankind is repressed. We will be repressed no more. Information is knowledge. Knowledge is power. Information is power. How do you protect your DNA? There is a war for your DNA. Protect your DNA. Ascension. This is the second time Ascension has been mentioned. But all for all the naysayers out there, I want, I want to notice this. He says, mankind is repressed. We will be repressed no more. Do you know what he just confirmed right there, Vince? What's that? He's human. <laughs> oh, my God. You see, mankind will be repressed no more. We will, not, I... we will be repressed no more. So Ascension. Oh this is gosh. the second time he, he talked about Ascension. Now, this has a lot to do with, I think, what we talk about on the, one of the main topics mm. of the show. And this is that our DNA is specifically um, designed to evolve over time and expand the expression of consciousness. Interesting. Now, what's coded in your DNA? Well, the signature yeah. of God is coded in your DNA. Okay. The Who mm. put it there? Obviously, the creator. So this is kind of hinting towards that humans are genetically modified or manipulated, maybe. Okay, Probably. why? Then he says mankind is repressed. So maybe this has something to do with the fall. Why is mankind repressed? Uh, well, because we have been systematically put into this state of slavery. This slavery is uh, is beyond us. It's environmental. It's poisoning of our food, our water, our air, uh, of the information streams and systems. Um, and then he goes on to say information is knowledge. Information is power. Or knowledge is power. Information is power. And this is what we're talking about. Mankind yeah. is repressed. How? By information. Information is the root of all knowledge. Knowledge is the root of all power. So this means that, therefore, information is power. How do you protect your DNA? There is a war for your DNA. Now, this is... How do you protect your DNA? Well, you, you, <laughs> don't, put, you don't put CRISPR technology into your body is one way. That's definitely an easy way that I instinctively caught yeah. on to okay you don't put crispr you know, technology into your body you stop eating genetically modified products yeah that's a hard one yep um and then he says there's a war for your dna now this is interesting mm -hmm. because if there's a war for your dna this must mean that human dna is specifically really special and now this brings about all these various different theories that we've heard from Dr. Michael Sala and many others that human beings are a genetic prototype of multiple different species, of multiple different alien species. Yeah. And that we have incredibly valuable DNA. I, I, that's what I think about. And then it says who's ascension. The, who said DNA was currency? Uh, Dr. Michael Sala. Is that Michael Sala? Yep. My God. It's like the coolest blockchain technology in the world. Yeah. So pretty interesting there, guys. I mean, we're going to, I'm going to do a decode on this. I'm going to dig deeper on this. Don't you worry me. I will do that. And I'll get that posted <laughs> here soon. I got to do a prep for uh, Coast to Coast after this. I want to go ahead and give a shout out to uh, JCMC0007, who's celebrating an 11th month substreak. Guys, there's a few ways to support us. One of those is the Battle of the Streams between DLive, Rumble, 
and pilled. Much appreciated for everybody out there. So JCM, thank you so much for that 11-month substreet. Pondo Picasso gifted a cookie on pilled. Shannon1313 donated eight lemons. Enlightened Science donated four lemons. Patriotic Pisces donated one diamond. Thank you so much. Ponlo, Shannon, Enlightened and Patriotic Pisces. Yay donated one ice cream. Shannon1313, another five lemons. Still bad, gifted a cookie. He says, I hope, hope the Y get them. And I mean bigly, take them down, bro. He's talking about Arizona. I agree 100%, my friend. Thank you so much, yay, Shannon, and still bad too. TGI Today, Gifted Some Change. Thank you so much. I've learned so much already in 15 minutes into the show. Thank you, TGI Today. Much appreciated for that. McDav is celebrating a seven-month subscribe. Thank you so much, McDav. Pondo Picasso gifted a cookie. RPG3573 donated two ice cream. Thank you so much, everybody, for all the donations. You guys are absolutely awesome. Um, tomorrow night, we'll be back on regular schedule. So tomorrow night, we'll be after dark chat and Q&A on Social Red Pill. All right. Uh, the show will be back on full force. Next Monday, we'll have Clay Clark on talking about Yuval Noah Harari, the cool. Great Reset. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, and tomorrow night, I'm going to try to dig a little bit deeper into the Q post. I think that we might even see some tonight. So right. pay attention well, to the I'll, Q alerts. You might see something come out tonight. I'll catch you tonight at 1 a.m. Eastern time. Right, coast 1 a.m. Eastern time, 12 uh, midnight uh, central, 10 uh, Pacific. And that is a Josh on Coast to Coast AM for the first two hours with George Nori. So uh, I got to go prep for that. But much appreciated, guys. Much love, respect. God right. bless you guys. Go ahead. Rest your voice. Don't sing too loud. Happy birthday. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great night. Good night.